One, two, three. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. What's going on, y'all? Brad Stevens here for another edition of the Harold and Brad Witty City Filmmakers Podcast. HD, what's going on, my friend? What's up, <laughs> B? <laughs> yeah, we have a very special guest in the house, the super talented Michael Govier's in the house. What's going on, my friend? Hey, hey, how you doing, guys? So happy to be here. Hey, glad to have you. Yeah, so the first question we always ask is a two-parter. And it's, uh, what's your connection to Chicago? And what kind of art do you create? Okay, I uh, love Chicago, always been a fan. The moment I graduated college, I went to Chicago to do theater. And I came there in about 2000, and I was there until uh, 2012. So yeah, I guess a solid 12 years living in Chicago just kind of grinding it out, doing theater, um, doing commercials, doing um, some you know short films and things like that. So that was kind of like what I was doing and what I was creating there. Then I wrote a lot. Nice. I was always writing and always writing like plays and then you know putting them up in all the different storefronts around Chicago. Well, that leads me to the next question. Uh, where are you from and where are you now? I grew up in northern, northern California on the border of California and Oregon. Then I moved to Oregon and lived in the Pacific Northwest for a while. Currently, I'm living in Los Angeles. So you had this amazing uh, film on Netflix. Uh, if anything happens, I love you. Like I usually ask people, what was what inspired you to help create the film? And with this topic, like, you know, everybody knows, like, it's just such an issue, especially in America. Why was this film so important for you to make? The film, I think the film, the, the catalyst in the beginning of the film was all about a discussion about grief. Right. And I think it was just to talk about grief and how grief affects us and how grief is, you know, it's not something that's just gone. It's no. always there. And it's like different waves of grief always hit you for the rest of your life when you're mourning and, and lost someone. And then as far as the topic of kind of school shootings or gun violence, I mean, School shootings, I mean, you and I, I'm, I'm guessing all three of us grew up in a time where we didn't do active shooter drills, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I never had that experience. No. Now, all, everyone up coming up below us all has, and that's a normal way of life. And in education is such a wonderful place of safety, at least for me. I loved going to school. I love learning things. I'm still in classes now. And I constantly want that, but to have that um, threat in your mind right. of a place that's so sacred was something that I wanted to explore and also show the loss and the grief of the people who are still grieving. And sometimes right. the news cycle just moves on and you kind of, they get left behind in a way. And it's, and it's kind of sad because it comes another statistic and things can get a little dark where people are kind of say things like, well, how many people? Right. And you're right. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Really? That's where we're going to start. It's like one person's too many. Yeah. Like, why are we starting? It's like, oh, this tragedy is not that bad. It's like, no, people are dying. Right. You know, people die. It's like, let's have a little more 
respect and, and, and compassion, you know, and empathy, you know? Yeah. You know what's so crazy? Because it's like, because uh, you don't want to, you can't become numb to it. But it's like to the point sometimes, like when I, I remember I came in from rehearsal and there's a certain way and I was looking at MSNBC where they have a blurb on and you can just tell, oh, was there a shooting? Before I even my eyes recognized on what was going on, was there another shooting? And there was another shooting. And it like, and, it, and the way the images were set up, it was just like, and another one that had just happened like a couple weeks earlier. It just, man, this is just ridiculous that this is almost like uh, every day, like it's going to rain again. It's going to be another another mass shooting. Absolutely. And I mean, you guys, you know, we're all you were, we were all in Chicago and it's just like all kinds of shootings happen all the time in Chicago as well. Right. You know, outside of school shootings, just like, you know, shootings. Yeah. And it's just like and it becomes such a thing. It's just like, oh, it's OK. I mean, even here now that the pandemic started, what is it? The paper today? It's like this last weekend was like the deadliest weekend in L.A. for homicides. Right. You know, I mean, they just it's just all these things are always happening. And it's just a matter of like the desensitate. You're so desensitized. You know, it's just you're it's you're kind of like, well, I can't do anything, so I don't want to deal with it. You know, it's tough. It's tough. So so that was a reason. And we've touched on it, that you decided to tell this story Uh, on a deeper level. Why did you tell it uh, personally? If there's anything besides just the fact that it's a, it's a a good story to tell and people should know about it. Is, is there a deeper level reason for coming up with this? I think as far as like, I have not lost anyone in that fashion. So I haven't had that direct loss, but I know people who have. And also I know, you know, if you think of, you know, greater losses in our lives, you know, I've lost relatives, I've lost other people and, um, and sometimes very quickly. And, um, you know, my wife, she, when she was younger, about 20 years ago, she lost her brother and he was just Mm. 23 and he died very quickly in 24 hours. And, their family never really dealt with that grief. And through the process of this film, we started talking more about her brother, Joe and what happened and how he died. And, um, and, and he just had a, uh, uh, what was it? It was, um, a medical condition, not a medical condition. He got a bacterial and virus and it killed him in 24 hours. Man. So it's just like a super, just something attacked his body and he just died and it was just really dramatic. And, um, but they never discussed that grief. They never talked about that pain. And so doing this film, I've actually connected more with her and her family about these discussions because you're actually seeing some grief played out and it's opening up these wonderful conversations. So a lot of people are opening up and sharing with me and will about um, the film and their experiences. Like once the film came out, People are writing letters and writing emails and things saying, I lost, you know, I didn't lose someone in that way, but I lost my son recently or I lost my grandparents. And especially in COVID right now, like so many people are losing people and you don't get to be there. You don't get to have that experience, you know, and and they're reaching out saying this film is helping me kind of talk about it, kind of begin these conversations and also just feel seen. Like you see someone grieving, you you feel like that is my grief. That's what I, I, I feel it. So, so as, aesthetically, 
uh, how did you all come up with the like the look? I, I love the look of the film. How did you come up with the look and the style of storytelling? Did you have that in mind going in? We had, yeah, the, the, the catalyst was kind of like the shadow designed was kind of the very beginning to show that your souls or your spirit or whatever you can't connect to emotionally is outside of you. And it's represented, you know, on the back walls and around them in the film. Right. That was the initial design to kind of show that this, that physical disconnect from yourself and your own pain and maybe just your own emotions. And then from there, we were so lucky. We met Young Renault, who's an amazing animator. She had just graduated from Cal Arts. Man, okay. And we hooked up with her, got, got her the script. She just fell in love with it. And then we all kind of were on the same page and we just just kept building it out and building it out. And we were just, it was, you know, making movies, as you guys all know, it's like, it's so hard. Right. You just get lucky sometimes. And like, yeah. we got lucky. Like the team fell in place and it was kind of blessed and we got lucky. You know, but it was just like anything. It's just a grind. You just oh, got to no doubt, keep no doubt. Yeah, every yeah. day, right? You just got to keep doing it. So, so talk about the connecting uh, with the uh, distribution company, Netflix, and all of that. How did that pan out? Work out? Come, come about? That that happened. We were we we're still in. I mean, we're an independent film, and we did a huge film festival run. We were in about like forty different film festivals, which was very successful and was wonderful. And then we had one of our producers knew some executives at that company, and then they pitched. The film and Netflix. This is the first time Netflix doesn't do short films. Right. That's not their thing. Yeah. So that was so we got a no right out of the gate. Right. <laughs> like, their game was like, hey, this isn't our table. We don't do this. Right. You know. And we said, we get you. We understand. Also, could you could you look at it again? And they didn't really started to see. It's like, wow, you know, people are saying like. You know, these executives were watching the film and saying, I watched the film last night. I was just crying in my office yeah. and they just keep thinking about it. And so then they said, OK, well, how can we do this? How can we make something and get people to watch something that they might not normally watch on this platform? And so that was kind of the, the way it went through there. And we were also very blessed. Will is friends with... Um, Laura Dern and Jamie Lemons. Okay. And we sent the film to them in early animatic and they came on as executive producers. Nice. So having that weight of right. the wonderful Laura Dern and Jamie Lemons, Absolutely. that also moves you up the list as far as paying attention to your short, you know? It, it, it sounds like you might have just opened up a door, you know, uh, with that company for I hope I 100% I think I hope we did I right. love short films yeah. and also I love short films because they're allowed and short animated films allowed to say something I right. think short films are harder than features because to actually tell a true beginning middle and end that's not just a chunk of a feature which is a different thing that is almost like those are perfect little films and I think it's so hard I've done, uh, you know, tons of uh, films, independents, and a lot of shorts. And I like to think as the actor, I want to take it from the beginning and go through the end of the film. Right. Through it. So. And you need that because that, that's going to bring it, that life to it. You get this little slice, you know, and, and you have to be so economical with time and storytelling oh, yeah. because right. you can't... Well, you can't hang on that shot. You can't hang on that moment. You have to keep moving through it. 
So, right. I mean, I hope, I mean, I don't know, you know, what Netflix's plans are, but I do hope maybe this begins a short animation, you know, whole platform, a whole section of their thing, you know, why not? That'd be great. Yeah. 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 So, so having said that, as a as a art as an actor, how important is it to create your own content? How how important do you think that is? Uh, it's paramount. Right, right. <laughs> like it's paramount. I mean, it's paramount. I mean, it's it's you know, I think there's you know, you can get it's easy to get trapped with everyone else telling you you have to wait. Right. It's so easy because maybe it's someone ahead of you. It says, just wait your turn. It'll come. And it's like, but in waiting, you're not doing anything. You should be creating your own stuff and whatever that means to you. If that's writing, it's painting, being creative, you know, doing this, you know, doing, doing these shows, anything you can to keep creating, I think has to happen. Like I found writing early on in my career. And so when I couldn't act, I was just always writing. Right. And that's what that's that's where my outlet was, you know. You know, we, we, we were just talk to uh, Ron Hanks. He's like, uh, we graduated together. He's out in L.A. Right. If I'm going to survive out here, I can't wait for the phone to ring. I can't True. wait for my agent just to call. Yeah. I can't wait for that audition just to come in. I've got to pick up the camera. We've got to write, produce, direct, whatever it takes and make our own stuff. And I, and I think that's so true. This, he just has so much con- more control over your career and telling the stories you want to tell, which is you know r- r- really important. Absolutely, Brad. Absolutely. And also, I think it's like you get this moment where it kind of comes back, which is kind of this catch 22. Sometimes you just keep creating stuff and almost that weird side project becomes the main hustle. Right. Right. And and that's where it just is like. But if you never would have thought that that's the main hustle. Like I wouldn't have thought, oh, my main hustle is I'm going to go direct animated films. <laughs> right. You know? Like that, not what I thought my main hustle was going to be. But yeah. I had to tell the story. I had to do it. We grinded it out. You know, every every place said no. And we found our yeses and we're able to keep it going. And now this thing is like a watermark of my career personally, as far as exposure and, and the world. But But it started as that side project. It started as this little thing. So talk about uh, the process of you diving in to this side project and making it to to be this uh, uh, this emotional piece for people. Uh, what you going in and you you your thoughts or things too, and you took the thoughts and you put them down on paper and you created this piece that eventually evolved into this great feeling where, where, where did that come from that creative creating this thing the, what was the process and and getting it out the physical i think i'm understanding you the physical process was like 
I had originally pitched an idea to Will about this concept of shadows and emotions and emotions not connecting. So right. there was some groundwork and I had kind of designed, there was this couple and they're going through this turmoil and this is this thing. And so then that was the initial seed or the kernel of this thought. Then from there, you know, he, he and I you go, this is an outstanding idea. I think we developed and we kept developing it and figuring out all these other layers and all these other emotions that we wanted to have. And then early on, we decided, you know, we don't want any dialogue. We just want to show it, right. which is a very challenging thing to do as screenwriters. Like all we want to do is talk. <laughs> no <you> doubt. <laughs> like, and so it's a challenging thing to peel that out and go, okay, we're actually going to show this story. And, 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 it became very hard because it's like you have to show don't tell but you also don't want to be trite you don't want to be so on the nose you don't want to just be leading so you also have to create the story out that way um and then from there we knew it, we wanted to be animated and then it was like well how do we accomplish that and we were able to you know call in favors meet with people who were more skilled than us and have more experience in that field who were willing to partner with us and give us confidence and our, our producer marianne garger she believed in us and she was just like you know will and i had never directed an animated film right and other people said hey this is great we love your ideas but you guys can't do it because, uh, right. because you haven't done it before, right? Catch right. 22. Right, no doubt. <laughs> you haven't done it, so you don't get to do it. And you're like, but then I'll never get to do the thing that I want to do. Yeah. And then, and she believed in us. She goes, you guys can do this. You see it. You have a clear vision and you know what you want. Right. She says a lot of people just start and they don't have a clear vision. And we had a clear vision of tone, of feeling, and and we were able to execute it. And then by surrounding ourselves with outstanding artists, it elevated it higher than we ever thought. Nice. You know, and everyone plus the film, they just really added more. Oh la la. Yeah.